Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, March 28th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Tazria, and it means, She Conceives. Leviticus 13, 1-15 Hashem spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a person has on the skin of his body a swelling, a rash, or a discoloration, and it develops into a scaly affection on the skin of his body, it shall be reported to Aaron the Kohen or to one of his sons, the Kohanim. The Kohen shall examine the affection on the skin of his body. If hair in the affected patch has turned white, and the affection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a leprous affection. When the Kohen sees it, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if it is a white discoloration on the skin of his body, which does not appear to be deeper than the skin, and the hair in it has not turned white, the Kohen shall isolate the affected person for seven days. On the seventh day the Kohen shall examine him, and if the affection has remained unchanged in color, and the disease has not spread on the skin, the Kohen shall isolate him for another seven days. On the seventh day the Kohen shall examine him again. 
If the affection has faded and has not spread on the skin, the Kohen shall pronounce him clean. It is a rash. He shall wash his clothes and he shall be clean. But if the rash should spread on the skin after he has presented himself to the Kohen and been pronounced clean, he shall present himself again to the Kohen. And if the Kohen sees that the rash has spread on the skin, the Kohen shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. When a person has a scaly affection, it shall be reported to the Kohen. If the Kohen finds on the skin a white swelling which has turned some hair white, with a patch of undiscolored flesh in the swelling, it is chronic leprosy on the skin of his body, and the Kohen shall pronounce him unclean. He need not isolate him, for he is unclean. If the eruption spreads out over the skin so that it covers all the skin of the affected person from head to foot, wherever the Kohen can see. If the Kohen sees that the eruption has covered the whole body, he shall pronounce the affected person clean. He is clean, for he has turned all white. But as soon as undiscolored flesh appears in it, he shall be unclean. When the Kohen sees the undiscolored flesh, he shall pronounce him unclean. The undiscolored flesh is unclean. It is leprosy. Luke 8, 4-21 And when many people were gathered together and were coming to him, Yeshua, out of every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprung up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he has lighted a candle, covers it with a vessel, or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hidden that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear, or whosoever has to him shall be given more, and whosoever has not from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. 
And then came to him his mother and his brothers, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which they said, Your mother and your brothers stand without desiring to see you. And he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these which hear the word of God and do it. Psalm 69, 19-36 You have known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare. Let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom you have smitten, and they talk to the grief of those who you have wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into your righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. I am poor and sorrowful. Let your salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that has horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seeks God. For the Lord hears the poor and despises not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah. They may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Proverbs 12, 2-3 A good man obtains favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Luke chapter 8, and this is known as the parable of the sower. Why did Yeshua speak in parables? What is a parable? A parable is like a puzzle. It's a comparison, a similitude. There's a surface story, and then there's a hidden, deeper truth. So Yeshua spoke in parables because it was a test. If you were a truth seeker, you would dig deep to unpack the parable and find out the deeper meaning. But if you're just a casual seeker, a casual reader, you'll just skim on the surface and read the surface story and not get the deeper hidden meaning. 
And in fact, this parable of the sower is a parable of all parables. It's like a master key to unlock all the parables in the Bible. Because this parable is really talking about the condition of people's hearts. And depending upon the condition of your heart, will tell you whether or not you'll be able to receive the secrets, the hidden truths of the kingdom of God. I want to cross-reference this passage of the parable of the sower to Psalm 78. Because in this psalm, it also talks about dark sayings and parables. And it gives us deeper understanding about why God communicates through dark sayings and parables. Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my law, to my Torah. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. So basically, we've just been given a definition that the Torah is written in parables and in dark sayings. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a Torah in Israel which he commanded our fathers, that they should make known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his Torah and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. I'll stop there. And basically in this psalm, it's talking about how their forefathers forgot God's works and his miracles, and they did not keep his commands. There's a direct reference to the first exodus, about how God divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. And so what we're seeing here is a definition that the Torah is a parable, and that these events literally happened, but it's also a parable for the final and the last generation. That what God did once before, he will do it again. 
and that it's important for us to listen, pay attention, keep his commands, not forget his Torah, but walk in his Torah. We don't want to provoke the Lord in anger. We don't want to tempt him. We don't want to speak against him. Now let's come back to the parable of the sower. Again, this is a parable to unlock all and all parables. And in this parable, we see four different kinds of soil that the seed lands on. The seed is the word of God, the scriptures. Some of the seed lands by the wayside, by the side of the road, and the devil comes and immediately takes the word out of the person's heart. Some of the seed lands near the rocks, and when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and then they have no root, believe for a while, and in time of temptation they fall away. Some of the soil falls upon thorns, and they hear the word initially with joy, but then the cares of life chokes it out and brings no fruit. And some of the soil falls on good ground, into an honest and a good heart. They hear the word, they keep the word, and they bring forth fruit. Do a heart check right now. What is the condition of your heart? Is the seed landing upon the road, the wayside? Is the seed, the word, landing upon rocky soil? And there's no root? And in time of temptation, you fall away? Is the seed landing among thorns? And is the seed, the word of God, being choked out because of the cares and troubles of this life? Or is the seed landing on good soil that's plowed? And that you hear the word and then keep it and bring forth much fruit. Now I'll get a little bit personal. I remember many years ago, this is before I was saved, God was sending me messengers. He was sending me signposts to get my attention. I was a young mom with a newborn baby and a toddler. And my husband was gone a lot. He was working long, long hours. And I would work with him. And I would leave my children with a babysitter who was a Christian. I figured my kids will be safe with her. She would send people from her church knocking on my door to witness to me. And they would give me gospel tracts and They'd say, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I would say, yes. And they said, great, then you're going to go to heaven. And I just kind of mentally assented to that truth, but it wasn't a reality in my heart. At that point, the seed, the Word of God, landed on a heart that was stony and full of thorns. 
and weeds. But God continued to send signposts to me, and I remember a neighbor near me who was going through a lot of trials and difficulties, and yet she had a strong, abiding faith. And I saw how she went through the storms of her life, and she had an inner peace and an inner calm and an inner joy. And I saw that, and I wanted that. And then finally my day came when everything around me came crashing down. And my marriage was rapidly unraveling. And I felt, well, I saw a kind of a vision. And I saw myself driving a car, and I'd driven the car over a cliff. And the car was at the bottom of a canyon, shattered. And at that point, I cried out to the Lord and said, Yeshua, Jesus, please come in. Rebuild this car. And I want you to be the driver, not me. I'll be the passenger. Please come in and take over my life. And it was in the midst of great pain that I prayed that prayer. My marriage was in the process of becoming a divorce. And that was the context of the prayer that I prayed, asking Jesus, Yeshua, to come in. And at that point, the soil of my heart was now prepared and ready to receive the word. There were no more thorns and weeds and rocks. I clung to Yeshua like a barnacle to a rock, and I needed him desperately. I needed him to take away the bitterness that was in my heart. I was so bitter. I needed him to bring healing to me. I was so broken. And so the word was planted into the soil of my heart. And a great crop has come forth since then. But every now and then we need to do a heart check and see where are we at now? A year later, five years later, ten years later. What is the condition of my heart today? What is the condition of your heart today? Does it need to be plowed, the soil? Are there rocks? Are there weeds? Ask the Father to plow the soil of your heart, to remove any weeds, to remove the rocks, so that the seed, the Word of God, can flourish there in your heart. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai Vish Mareka Yeah Adonai Anavilaka 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.